we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of Double Game Week 11 and preview of Double Game Week 12. This episode is brought to you by whatever the hell it was that the New York Red Bulls were drinking, because I want me some of that. Seriously, guys, holy cow. Uh, no, actually, uh, this is brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic subreddit of r slash fantasy MLS. So tonight, it's just a few of us. I'm joined by Simon Thwaites, Jason Wistovich, and the returning Mr. Guy Sanchez. How are you fellas doing? Good, good. Hey, oh, good. Hello. Hello, friends. I'm really sad. And I think the first thing that needs to be pointed out is, as of right now, by I believe one point, correct me if I'm wrong, Simon, you are first place overall in the MLS Fantasy game. Is it only by one point now? Damn. It's it's pretty darn close. It's one uh, or two points the last time I looked earlier today. Yes, it's, uh, yep, uh, 1,016 points, Simon Thwaites, Who's behind One, me then? 1,015. Wesley Everybody else, Norman. Simon, is behind you. Everybody else. Everybody else. Yes, I, it is totally lucky though. So, Or maybe it's because these guys give such a good advice and I have followed it to a T. Or maybe it's just so bad and you don't listen to our advice is what's happening. Regardless, there is value in listening to this podcast. Apparently. Value and comedy and sometimes heartbreak. Mostly heartbreak for, for several of us. I know Travis and I are are in a slump as of as of lately but um well let's just go ahead and talk about around 11 and, and not go down that dark place so guys uh let's do a recap of around 11 how's your teams do unexpected moments just let's just have at it if i could cuss a lot i would um i'm really upset i feel that you're in travis's demise in fantasy major league soccer is affecting me wholeheartedly especially last round um to preface this, though, let me apologize to everybody that I told to pick uh, David Akam. At the time, I thought it was a really good pick. Obviously, it wasn't. Um, but, yeah, I got 52 points. Uh... <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Funny. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I got well, 50... I hope. I hope you're recording that laugh so we can use it in an <laughs> intro at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. My ringtone. <laughs> That's mean. Um, yeah, for 52 points, and I and I dropped from 147 to 542. So, yeah. You are such a loser. Ugh. No, I didn't do great. I didn't get no 52 points, though. Let's see. I got 97 minus 8, so that's 89. Uh, my claim to fame this week was I didn't put any NYC players on my team because I refused to buy them after they tried to get cute and not start anybody of note on their first game. But I did fall in the Akam trap, but oh well. I'm okay with that. I mean, I got green arrows, but I'm I'm still a long ways off from ever seeing what Simon's up to up there. So, Hey, well, if it makes you feel any better, I ended up with 106 points this round after playing my wild card which I thought 106 points, okay, that's pretty good overall, right? But after you play your wild card, maybe it should be a little bit better than that. And then I actually had players on my bench who did better than the NYCFC players that I played. That's, and so I just yeah, felt kind of dumb. So it was like a good round. I went up to first, but I just feel sort of dumb afterwards. So that kind of mutes the happiness. I don't know. I kind of feel like that's a little just like vinegar in the wound. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm first place now. I got 106 points with my wild card. And, you know, even the guys on my bench did awesome, too. So it's just like Shoulder I could rush. be in first Shoulder by rush. like quite a few points. And instead, it's very frustrating. I was talking to uh, I forget his real name. I think his name is Luechi 10 on Twitter. And he's like, I think in second or third place. And Schuberg or Schoberg or whatever his name is scored a goal for Colorado and subbed on for his bench and 
Uh, of course. There's just that kind of week. But hey, I'm in first, so it's lit. Oh, no, there you go. No complaints. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think we can all agree about the most unexpected moment during this previous round. Uh, obviously, it is the New York City, New York Red Bulls game. Uh, the third game that a home team has lost by a margin of seven points. So uh, not unprecedented in MLS history, but definitely a rare event. What in the world happened? What do you guys think? The Red Bulls are a very good offensive team and have had very good expected goals number. New York City is still a bad defensive team. That pitch has a lot of goals. And also the Red Bulls are daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I look at it and um, I always come back to when NYC came in the league and I was watching the game with my pop and he was just barely getting into soccer. And he looked at Josh Saunders and Saunders in the game we were watching was just yelling at dudes, kicking the post, trying to get people's attention. And my dad looked at him and said, that guy is not a leader. Like nobody respects him on, on his team. And it's the truth. Like, Certain guys are just field generals out of the back. That team does not work for each other on defense. I mean, you'd be better off. I mean, look at the way Colorado's winning. That's they're six zero and zero at home. Their defense is the best in the league. No superstars. I mean, really, no superstars. But they play for each other. Togetherness. It's. When you don't have any faith in your back line, it doesn't matter how much you're going to score because it's you're just going to keep losing. And yeah, Villa's Villa's an awesome player, but they can't figure out that you know if Poku is going to get a goal when he starts, well then damn it, let Poku play. You know, if if Tommy Max on a roll, then you don't bench him or exclude him from the you know from the 18 on a game until his role is over. You don't prematurely preempt his his run. I mean it's. It just is I, – I can't figure out – I can't figure out because there's no consequence for losing in this league. So, so wait, they're going to sell tickets and get some dudes some run, and they're they're a dumpster fire. Hey, guy. I mean, they got they got good talent, though. Would you say that – would you say that maybe, maybe, just maybe Jason Christ is a better coach than Patrick Vieira? 100,000%. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I mean, but the, the, the coaching – it's only going to go so far because I don't think the coaches really have any power on that team. Nope. I think that, you know, whether it's the, the league, the Yankees, man city, you know, telling them we want to see this guy play today. We want to see this formation. They're, they're treating it like a minor league club for, you know, other practical purposes. And they look like a minor league club. They're a minor league club with some aging should be retired superstars. And, they got walloped, and it that's and it, you know all credit to New York, uh, the Red Bulls. So I mean that's the that's the team that should have made the finals last year. That when they play like that, they're they're going to be unstoppable. So you're saying this is basically uh, Chivas USA all over again? No, I mean it's it's worse than Chivas much, though, much because much. Chivas never had the superstar talent. I mean Chivas was. <clears throat> They were given a bad hand because they were the second fiddle in, in a in a in a city as well. But they never tried to you know impress anybody with uh, you know big signings. This, but they I'm were sorry, clearly a farm team for for Chivas Guadalajara. They were, but I mean at the same point, it, you don't put Via and and Pirlo out there to to. I just hate seeing guys of that caliber and they're end their career on that note because they're not they're not going to have any success in New York. It's not like we look at them as a playoff team or a title contender or they're I mean, just they're they're going to get goals when the, when the individuals play well up front, they'll score goals, but they're never going to win as a team the way that team is set up right now. Okay, so regardless of the fact that we've got got this Man City USA collapsing on us, do you think that the New York Red Bulls can keep up this this scoring? Obviously not seven goals, but how much momentum is this going to carry through for anybody who's considering adding some New York players in after the bye week? 
No, I, I like their ability to score. In fact, that's what was so surprising when we all picked them up in week one because that was the team that's pretty much stayed intact from last year. I don't know what it was between, you know, BWP and Kleshjian and why they weren't firing on all cylinders, but we knew they were better than what they played at the beginning of this year. And they they looked like on that day they could have beat any team in the league yeah, definitely. three times over. Definitely. You know? yeah. Okay, so what lesson have you guys learned going forward from this round, if anything? Don't trust Josh Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't take negatives when you don't need to because I tried to get cute and play some differentials and it didn't work out very well for me. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, if you're on a double game week, I mean, what was it? Eight of the 11 Dream Team players were still double game week players. I mean, yeah, you have to take negatives for the right players, but just because the New York City guys didn't play doesn't mean that you should avoid taking point hits to get those big players in when they are on a double. I mean, and the crazy thing is, I still think Via by himself is a viable option going forward because for the most part, he's an individual performer. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't he doesn't have to rely on the rest of the team. I mean, he started you know, the way out other great in that yeah. game. Like when I saw him get what, a little early breakaway, like I think it got called off sides eventually, but I was like, yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see David Villa going up there, David Villa going up there and and getting those crosses. And then from there, it just collapsed. Well, see, for me too, it's I, I got David Villa. Even though he didn't start, I got him just for the next – also the next three fixtures. I mean, they – they have three back-to-back-to-back home games, away game against Seattle, and then a double. So just for that fixture, it's kind of a set-and-forget type of guy. That's why I got Villa and I got Hernandez for defense. So just, I just like the matchups. Sure. that's That was why I ended up getting him. My big lesson was just reiterating the importance of waiting for those first rosters because I had some other commitments I had to – go to uh, that had me leaving an hour before the actual game started. So I did not get to see uh, the rosters. And I just added in McNamara and Via. It's like, uh, they'll, they'll be here with that through the bye. I'll just throw them in there. And they did not start. And I was actually considering Bradley Wright Phillips instead of Via, um, but just did not have time to see the rosters. And had I seen that, I would not have gone as, as heavy with my two New York. I probably, I probably still would have gone McNamara hoping that he would have played in the second game, uh, maybe just resting him for that big match, but that would have been a bust. Um, but I would I have know. not gone with Via. I think the biggest takeaway, the biggest lesson learned is that American soccer really, they're more apt to tinker when they shouldn't be tinkering. I mean, when you look at successful clubs in other leagues, you know, if, if an 11 man roster wins by three, gets a clean sheet, they're going to ride that same formation out of course, until, yeah. until it doesn't work. This league does not abide by that, and no team does. They just swap players out because – and maybe it is because we have so much turf over here. I don't know what the <laughs> what the real root cause is, but people here freak out about dudes who are professional soccer players playing too much soccer. I mean, they just it, – it boggles their mind that we ask these guys to play twice a week when – other leagues just, I mean, they have multiple cups and league play and international play, and their big players play. They're paid to play. They play. And this league is just, they will bench a player on a dime. And, I mean, it's not, it's, I'm not trying to start a Twitter war here, but it's because there really isn't a great consequence for losing. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. If there was a real consequence for the players not winning, we wouldn't see this here, but everywhere else in the world, hey, if you're on a winning streak, you keep those players playing at all costs, and Any we don't sport. do that here. Any yeah. sport, yeah. Any sport, yeah. I baseball, I mean, God, I mean, 162 games. If a dude is on a, you know, a hitting streak, he plays every day until the hitting streak is over. Like, I, you just don't bench people willy-nilly because you thought they played too much baseball last week. It's just it. I can't wrap my. I, I'm a fat dude, so like I can understand. I wouldn't want to oh run my God. twice we got, a week like that. But we got but the damn. Like, 
We got Come the on. guy Sanchez in full rant mode tonight. Whoa. We do. This is great. This is this is what happens when we don't I miss have yeah. on for a while. I miss yeah. Guys. Yeah, we need this. We need. And it. you you definitely touched on the other lesson to take from this round on a, a legit fantasy lesson is apparently Diaz does not like turf, or at least his coach doesn't like him on turf. That pisses What's me off. You're 22 years old, man. Play on turf like. Like you're not tw- you're not 36 years old in drug, but I don't understand it. Like it's one game. You're 22 years old. Oh, you know what? You're flying 800 miles. We're gonna arrest you. I just don't get this crap. It doesn't make any sense. Well, and that's maybe that's the bigger point is when a player signs on to play in our league, X percentage of fields they're gonna play on are gonna be turf. I I, I don't understand why it's still such a big surprise to these guys. Like, you know, get different footwear on put different socks, whatever you got to do, like warm up differently according to what surface you're playing on. But just this, this whole thing of when you get to a certain level of fame or success that you can just dictate when you're going to play on a surface and when you're not going to play on a surface, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, and because here's the thing, people are, I mean, yeah, there's fantasy and we're representing the fantasy community, but how often do you see guys pay for tickets and they wanted to see, you know, Via go against Giovinco? Yeah. Nobody got to see that for 90 minutes. I mean, just arbitrarily, people didn't get to see Giovinco take on Pirlo and Via for 90 minutes just because. Just because. Like, that was too much soccer for them for that week. They weren't going to do it 90 minutes. I would have been so irate if I'd have paid money for that game to see the two Italian superstars past, present, future, whatever you want to call it. And then they just didn't play. Uh, the, the It's it's an optics problem as well as a fantasy problem. Yeah. Okay, we don't want to get too caught up in, in this recap. So anything else you guys want to mention before we move on to housekeeping? Listen to the meowly. <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. It's luck. Do what Simon does. Do what Simon does. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, housekeeping. Uh, a few injuries I'm going to highlight, but uh, mostly what I want to highlight is check out at MLS Injury News, which is operated by our good friend Mike Dat Tiger. Uh, he has been trying to keep up with some injuries as well as some Copa America call ups. Uh, he's doing pretty well so far. He has some of the latest news on some people that he's just aggregating from the various beat reporters from around Twitter. Of course, check out the MLS website for the injury updates. It was last updated as of the recording of this podcast on the 20th, so a little behind. So you're probably not going to see information about Sorrow from Columbus, who picked up, uh, I forget what kind of injury he picked up, but he's probably going to be out for four to six weeks. You may see some cheaper Columbus rotation since Wall is also still out with a concussion, but he might be coming back in, so it could be a differential to pick up. Also, Valeri left with a possible hamstring injury near the end of the game last round. I wouldn't be surprised if he had one because those seem to be as plentiful as there are grains of sand on a beach uh, in Major League Soccer. But uh, there was a retweet on MLS Injury News that uh, mentioned that Porter thinks he might be okay for this next round. We'll see, however much you trust those guys. And then also one update, if you are looking at a budget keeper still, I saw a report that Blake was going to be around for a couple more games, which is the Philly double game week before he heads off to Copa America. So if you have him, you may be in luck for that trade. You guys have any other injuries you want to highlight? Um, It's still questionable how Espria is going to look um, after Waston took him out when the whistle blew. So dirty. (laughs) That was so dirty. What about Adi? Has any news on him? No, no. They they don't they don't like telling us things like that. They'll it's probably sell secret. him before they tell us like he's healthy <laughs> again. Super secret squirrel. So yeah, because we have out. super we have super Jack Mac now, so everything's okay. We can sell Adi, right? I like Jack Mack. He's, he's a good guy. Uh, so, yes, check out the MLS Injury site and at MLS Injury News. Give it a like. Give it a follow for our good friend Mike Dat Tiger. Uh, Copa America, as we mentioned, the rosters are up. So if you go to r slash fantasy MLS, there is a link near the top of the page which goes to the Copa America rosters. You can look at each team, and the MLS players are highlighted. 
most likely later in the week, there'll be a, a thread that actually just highlights the MLS players either at MLS's website or on r slash fantasy MLS. But a lot of the names we all already knew were going to go, but you can get your final confirmation there. Or more importantly, check out who the backup players are, because that might be something that just comes around. And because MLS is your team, when a backup gets called up. Other than that, do you guys have any housekeeping notes you want to mention before we move on to our picks? No. No, but I wanted to give you props, Reed. You did very, very uh, good on the uh, MLS fantasy Twitter handle this weekend. Props oh, to you, you, my friend. It was very good. I think it was fun. If anyone doesn't know, uh, Jason and I are actually helping out with uh, the at MLS fantasy account. And so uh, once each this month, mine was was this past week and Jason's coming up uh, this, this week. Yep, no, I'm on Wednesday. Well, we'll, we will be the people that are retweeting things and and managing the account. So at those times, feel free to interact more than usual if you, if you have not, Uh, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And definitely. Yeah. They wouldn't let me because I'd burn the house down. You would, you would probably be the most (laughs) interesting person of all. I I must say. I'd get them some retweets. I tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So before we move on to our picks, once again, as always, thank you to everyone who has gone to our Patreon website to help support our podcast. Uh, That is patreon.com slash MLSFI. If you are interested in just helping support us with our subscription fees and some of the projects that we're working on with our stickers and our pint glasses, which I'm going to get ordered during Copa America since we'll have a little break then, then please go over there. It just helps us be able to do things. We're working on getting prizes and we're maybe going to look into getting some unique web hosting just to help make the site a little bit more interactive and cool for everyone. If you like that, if not, send us an email. Let us know. We're trying to help make a product that we hope for you is is fun and entertaining, but mostly helpful for all levels of the fantasy game. So thank you so much, everyone who has already donated at, at Patreon. And if not, as I always say, I will still love you if you just want to listen to our podcast. Thank you so much. But Jason and Simon might not. All right, moving on. We have our questions and our picks. So a couple of general questions I want to go over first from people. Several people wanted to know, are we or do we think others should consider bringing any Orlando players into this round since they have an upcoming buy in 13? And I'm just going to go ahead and expand this. It to in general, what do you guys think of the teams? Are they worth bringing players in if they're getting ready to have a buy in round thirteen? Um, absolutely not. No, I mean, it's it's so it's a matter of perception. I mean, you can bring in a double game week player for Orlando and sell them next week. So you're essentially using, you know, two transfers for one player this week and then next week. Or you can just get a single game week player who plays this week and next week, and then not have to waste that second transfer to get rid of them. So whether you pick a double game weaker or a single game week guy over the next two weeks, you're going to get the same amount of minutes difference being going, not Orlando. You only have to use one transfer. So I'm not picking up anybody with a buy next week. Yeah, that I, I would echo that sentiment. Um, I have Giovinco as 80% of the people that are playing do. I also have Redding. <laughs> Um, I'm going to be keeping Reading, uh, just because I don't want to waste a transfer on it. I think that if you're in a pinch and you need to get, you know, a double game week player, I still think you get Sapong over Laren, as we said last week. Um, since they both do have double game weeks, I think, uh, unless you have three transfers, um, this week, then sure. Why not? Maybe, maybe get a Kakar or Laren, but uh, I still think that there are better options uh, with single game week players that will make it so you don't have to transfer somebody out for game week 13. I agree with those guys. That's a good answer. So the last general question that we have, uh, how do you guys determine when it's worth taking a minus four hit? So for me, you take a minus four hit, if you think that uh, that player will make up the minus four hit in not even the long term, for me, it's usually the short term. I've taken one minus four this whole year. Um, and I don't remember why I did that, but it was probably a dumb idea. Um, I have so totally you, you changed. You could be winning by five points right now. Yeah, I totally changed my strategy this year. I took a lot of minus fours in the past. 
and I felt like I was just using it as an excuse for me to not plan very well in the future and kind of just be like, yeah, I'll get this guy, you know, because I think this guy's good for this round and not really think too hard about it. When in reality, like if it's a defender, that's a whole clean sheet that you're giving up. Um, if it's another player, that's basically a goal, you know, so it's like already you're giving up a goal or a clean sheet to get a player. So you better be pretty sure that they're worth the investment if you're going to take a minus four. So usually that's like a double game week player that is a really big deal and somehow you didn't think was a big enough deal to pick up before. Um, so for me, I'm on the view of like, nah, you should not take a minus four unless you think that player is going to score like a billion points, in which case that's, I guess, a positive ROI. Yeah, I'm kind of on – I. I know that I shouldn't be taking these point hits during double game weeks because they just haven't been paying off. But that being said, I mean, if it's a double game week and you're looking at 180 minutes for a top tier player, you should be able to get that back over a single game week player. And that's what I've tried to do. And it just hasn't worked out coming into all these single game weeks and bye weeks though. I mean, really the safest bet is, probably look at taking that zero for a player not playing over taking a minus four, hoping that, you know, some mid-level player gets you five points. It's, I mean, this might be one of those times where, yeah, if it's a bonanza for double game weeks, get a big player, hope for the best, but in managing, you know, kind of a more normalized schedule, I would be very conservative taking negative fours. Yeah, I agree with those. Uh, I, for me too, it's, you know, obviously if your guys are injured, so last week, you know, Adi and Arudi are injured and, you know, right there's your two free transfers and Hey, what if you want to bring somebody else in? All right. I can understand that, especially for a good double game week player, but I've, I've taken too many risks this year and it's come back to bite me in the ass. So no mas para me. Well said. So moving on to our keepers and defenders, so we had a few questions, guys. Who is the best keeper, in your opinion, for the next five rounds? And the person who submitted this question says, don't tell me the one I already have. He genuinely wants to know who, if people are looking at swap swapping keepers around, who should they be looking at? So I've actually been considering this since I have uh, Malia and Lampson, since Lampson is no longer starting. Um I would normally say Blake if Blake wasn't getting called up because that guy is just fantastic and they, they have a very favorable schedule. But um, I'm actually going to go with Nick Romando. I really like the schedule coming up. They're playing at Columbus, then at New York City, home at Portland, then have a double home or a double game week against New York, which is a home game away at Dallas. Then they have two more home games against DC and Montreal. Um, Typically, ourselves very good at home. Um, their back line is getting you know a little more consistent now with Mond and Glad, and Glad is a very good pickup as well. But I think Romando, um, from what I can see, the schedule I think has the most favorable schedule. Um, okay, I like that pick. I am going to go with Josh Saunders, even though he's a bad keeper. Um, I think I like his matchups for saying like that. Yeah. Like I like his matchups and I think Andrew last week made a pretty good case for him. I was like kind of on the Irwin train and then his buy was really unappealing to me. So I picked up Saunders. Like, I guess I would have done better if I'd had Irwin, but at the same time, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I, I definitely would worry about picking up a guy with a buy. So I made sure I have two keepers on my team, which is Bendick and Saunders so that I have one for this week and one for next week. Um, I know the question says, like, you can't pick whoever you already have, but honestly, I think the most important thing is that you pick a keeper who plays all the rounds that you're not going to have to waste a transfer on um, and that 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 keeper has some decent matchups. So for that, I like Josh Saunders. Otherwise, honestly, who cares? Just get a guy who's not going to get you a zero. Man, so I can't everyone, what I'm hearing here. Just so everyone knows, I did not say Josh Saunders again. I apologize for picking Josh Saunders in the past. Josh Saunders. Okay, look, Josh Saunders is fine. He has a home this week if you insist on not having a double game week. 
He's got a home next week. And then, honestly, I don't know why you'd think too far ahead, but he even has a he has a home game in round 14, too. Oh, my God, three home games in a row. Even though there's a lot of goals in that stadium, you've got to think that if he doesn't get benched, you're in pretty good shape. And then in round 15, you've got a number, another double game week. So I guess Ramondo's a good choice, too, like Jason says, but... It's a goalkeeper. It doesn't matter that much. And Sorry. Sorry, guy. Go ahead, Go ahead, guy. Get your picks out. I just had to reiterate that to... Just well, no, I, I just... I guess I don't understand why... I mean, Colorado, whether you, you, you think they're legit or not, I mean, they've had a track record now. It's not a fluke. Their defense is airtight. They're 6-0-0 at home. Um, they have a bye next week, though. Okay, so yeah, that's my next point, though, but... You have to have McMath in your team and some Colorado coverage in the back because they are hands down the best defense in the league right now. Now, for that one bye week, you know, you can get away with getting somebody like Gleason, getting somebody cheap like Rowe. Pick the pick the cheapest guy you can for that one bye week and then just go right back to McMath because whatever they're doing is is really working. I mean it's you can feel good putting McMath in to get defensive bonuses on the road. I mean, he's – it's just – you know, it's 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 unfortunate that Tim Howard's going to screw the whole thing up, but – That's my next um, question. For now, McMath – McMath, the way they're playing, man, Mastroeni, I hope, I hope he has more pull than what the New York City coaches have. I hope he makes <laughs> Howard earn his way into that team because in no universe should Colorado have been where they're at at this point in the year and to break that up just because you paid a lot of money for Tim Howard would be a damn shame. I mean, I, I think you got to stick with what's working and they're just the best defense in the league right now. Hey, who knows? Maybe next year we'll see McMath at uh, man city USA. Wouldn't doubt it. Well, all right. So those were basically your keeper picks guys. I threw you the bone with that one. So who do you all like for defenders? So yeah, for defenders, um, I you know I like uh, Campbell for Chicago. Obviously, I like uh, Holberry for uh, from Colorado. Uh, really, anybody that's on a home game this week, I I like. Um, still like Rosenberry for Philadelphia, and then uh, Redding for Orlando City. They're pretty much all you know sub six mil starters. Yeah, I like um if you still have Schoberg, Hoberg, I still can't figure out his name. He's got a good matchup either. this week Axel. against that yeah, Axel against that probably tired Philly Union team. But my one pick is I don't don't list Schoberg on my picks because I think you shouldn't pick him up because he's got a buy next week. If you don't already have him, you can wait a week. Um my real pick is Rosenberry, who has been really good. That union defense is solid. Calling it now, a 0-0 game in Colorado. We're going to have a 0-0 game. All right. Those teams have yeah, crappy offenses. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think that, um, man, Rosenberry, Marquez, those, those are good picks from Philly. I mean, most people have somebody from Colorado in defense already. So, you know, try to stick with that if you can. And then really outside of that, just – Get somebody cheap in this transition period that's going to play for a couple weeks. Um, Steris from L.A. would probably be a good pick. I think he's like 5'2 or something. Um, just somebody steady who's going to be playing through this transition period where teams are going to have to be kind of shuffled around for, for these call-ups. So. Very nice. So moving on to midfielders, the one big question that some people had, and I guess this is also a sporting Kansas city question in general, but should people drop Benny if they already have him or even with all of just collapse that's going on at sporting Kansas city, is he worth holding on to because they have a game during the bye week in round 13? No, I like Benny a lot. You shouldn't drop him. Um, he is still a totally fine player, especially because of Kansas city's matchups. They have a home this week against DC and DC have been pretty lackadaisical, um, and he plays next week. I'm not sure that if I, like, I don't have Benny right now because I didn't want him for last week. I'm not sure I'm going to pick him up, but he is on my list because he's got a home game 
in um, on this week with a good matchup. Then he plays next week. Then he has another home game. Uh, I think you probably have a have a pretty hard time going too wrong with Benny. I'm not sure I'd trust any of the other Kansas City players, but Benny is a pretty consistent person on bonus points and and some free kicks and some penalty kicks. So seems like a pretty decent way to get some points to me. No beef. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite on that, and I'm gonna say um, drop him because we know that he has talent. We know what he can do for your fantasy team. The problem is this coach. If there's somebody going to get benched in the beginning of that game, it's going to be Benny. No. For whatever reason, that dude does not have any respect for Fail Haber. Like, he will sit that dude in a blink. So, if you can't trust the coach to play him 90 minutes, then you can't trust him for 90 minutes on your team either. And that's – I like the guy. I think when he plays, he's a solid pick. But, man, alive. How many times have we opened up the you know our foot mob app or your ESPN app and he's just not even on the field? Like, once. We've done that once. It happened one time and he benched like half of his team. He is totally reliable. This is not good advice. It has happened okay, one so, time. No, no, no. So so guy, okay, so guy, so obviously he's according to you, he's not fitting in at Sporting Kansas City. Where do you think Benny should be? What team? What team? That gets him the playtime that you think he deserves. Colorado. But, okay. okay. I know I have to interject again. This is ridiculous and just factually incorrect. He has played so many minutes at Kansas City. He's he's gotten benched one time. I don't see where the like how this is even a thing. How is this a conversation? Because he's, it's fun. Uh now we do have to note, of course, guy, that at the beginning he was injured. So there was there was some of that fitness. I don't believe it to add in. But but otherwise, he, he was benched in the first game of the double game week in round 10. He played 85 minutes the second game, and then he played 76 minutes this time. Besides that, he's been playing 90 minutes in every game except for one where he played 45 since he came back from his injury. So he's been a pretty pretty high up there in his minutes, I got to say. I don't know. I don't like it. Okay, doesn't like it. Grumpy Cat. Jason? Well... That was fun. I wish I could play that gif that's got Michael Jackson eating the popcorn. That's how I feel right now. Um, so I'm going to expand on this a little more and say Benny and Zussi because I know there are people that still have Zussi. I think that if you have no other pressing issues and you can still field 11 players on game week 13, then go for it. Drop them. Why not? Um I agree with Simon on the fact that the schedule is pretty favorable. Um, but watching watching the uh, Sporting Kansas City versus RSL game, RSL hasn't scored a goal in 231 minutes, and they just trounced Kansas City and Kansas City for the second time this year. And Benny actually looked a lot better than he has the past couple of weeks. I know he had a he had uh, he took a shot, just a one time volley, and I mean. If it wasn't Ramondo, that that ball would have gone in. Um, but I still think that, I mean, my opinion, I'm holding on to Zussi just because I have more, I have other pressing needs. Um, but I think, I think it, you know, like I said, if you if you can get rid of him, if you can afford to, then why not try get another player? But I th- I feel that Kansas City is the same kind of situation as New York Red Bulls were earlier this year they're going to start firing sometime soon and you don't want to be on the opposite side of it. Unfortunately, I dropped question and the week I dropped him, he started blowing up. That's why I'm so afraid to let go of Zussi. Not only does he have gorgeous, gorgeous hair, beautiful face, chiseled cheekbones, but they're going to start firing sometime soon. Well, I think this is a good time to add that Andrew's rule is do not drop a player when they're at home. That so I, th- I think if, if you want to apply this rule from Andrew, who's who's pretty solid when he has some of these statistics that he's looking at, uh, and we all know that home games are much more favorable, Sporting Kansas City is at home. Perhaps this round, you keep him. And then, as Jason was saying, look at how your team's shaping up for round 13 and make that decision there if there's a better guy for round 13 and on that you'd like to have. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a good a good rule to maybe apply at this point. So that being said, 
who are you guys picking at midfield for Jason Simon guy? Oh, ha I was looking at the one above it. My bad. Um, I would like to pick uh, Barnetta from Philadelphia. I think if you are going to go with a double game week player, I like Kaka, but I also like Molino. So either one of those pending budget. <clears throat> I also really like uh, uh, Porales. He's been on fire lately, and they're playing at home against Houston, who is, sorry, Travis, absolutely garbage. And for those of you who may just be tuning in, that's Pedro Morales at Vancouver. Yes, Pedro Morales from Vancouver. And um, who was the other one I had? Um, Oh, and then uh, Iguain from uh, Columbus. They play at home against RSL. I know they weren't able to get a lot going during that game, but Higuain was at that form, I think, that we remember from when he first joined the league. Very exactly. involved. He had, he had a lot of those just chances he was creating. Uh, not a whole lot of shots necessarily, but he was definitely stepping up as the playmaker, which he has fallen away from, I think, since Kamara had come to the team. Um, Picks-wise for me, I like, what's that guy's name? Chris Pontius. I have him on my team. I was trying to remember his first name there. Uh, I like Sasha Kleschen still, even though he has a bye next week. You probably already have him. I'd say don't drop him quite yet, partially because of the don't drop a guy on a home game uh, rule and partially because they're at home at Red Bull Arena against Toronto. And I don't really trust Toronto's defense still. I think they're all right, but I think Sasha probably gets something good going during that game. And then, of course, Kaká, if you have an extra transfer... I felt so dumb last week. I had it all set, and then at like two minutes before the round started, I was like, eh, Villa probably is going to score because he's going to play at least 120 minutes, and then he didn't, and I had my team set up in a 3-5-2 with Kaká, and instead, no, I had Villa instead of Kaká. Stupid decision. Oh, well. That's life. So I'd go Kaká, Pontius, question. Hashtag first place problems. Yeah, right. I do stupid things too. <laughs> no, I don't um does anybody know is McNamara is he is he going to uh Ireland or is he staying? I don't think we know. I don't think I, he's going to Ireland. I mean, I know that was a possibility. It was floated up in the air that he could go. There've been rumors around him being courted, so I haven't heard anything though about that. Anything God, why more. can't they just give us the news? Why can't they just tell us? Oh, so frustrating. That's Ireland's fault, I had, man. I had, I had McNamara last week, but I put him on my bench because, of course, he wasn't playing that first game. So, pending him not going to Ireland, I like McNamara. I think that New York can't possibly perform as bad as they did against uh, the Red Bulls. Um, and then you got to rock question. And, uh, boy, it's tough. If uh, Just watch the Valeri injury report. That's That's my three. Put a little question mark next to that, so it's more like Valeri? Yeah. Okay, moving on to our forwards. I think this is the big question, and I sent a tweet out about this that that was fairly well-liked. But basically, what in the world happened to our our round 10 form for Geo, where he was just on fire and peppering everything with goals? Can we please have that Geo back? That's, That's who I thought that I was starting this round. Seriously. So, guys, what's up with Geo? Is he worth keeping? Do you drop him with the upcoming buy? How do you handle this geo situation? Um, you know, the savvy move would be to drop him this week, um, and get Dos Santos instead. Boom! Just because, yeah, just because Dos Santos ah. is—I mean, he turned down the Mexican national team to stay and play in LA, and I think that Dos Santos, without Zardes and without Keane hogging the goals, is going to have major points. I—I I mean. I, like I actually it. think, but I, like I, I think Javinko's going to do better in a road fixture than he will at home. He just seems to be kind of a road dog that way. So if you can keep Javinko for this week, nobody would blame you. You'd have to drop him next week. But um, I mean, yeah, it just had a just had an off week. Like, I, well, I, let's I expand upon him. that. Let's expand upon that for everybody when you're answering your questions. But do you have to drop him 
next week is is he just have so much money invested in him that you can't leave that on your bench well yeah you can't i mean because there's no sell penalty in the mls don't be don't be an idiot and leave the most expensive player in the game on your bench for i mean you get two free transfers you yeah he's the one guy you have to figure out how to sell him use that money to make you points and then buy him back the next week he's the one guy you're gonna have to use the double transfer on just because that's that's too much money to just leave chilling on your bench like it's cool. Yeah, that's just me though. No, no, I was I was actually gonna. Uh, Dos Santos was was would be the only person that I would pick up, um, in the place of Geo. I mean, that's saying you already have Sapong because I think Sapong is a must-have player this week, no matter what, and for the next five game weeks. Um, as is David Villa, just because of the schedule. Um, I think it is okay to drop him um, for this week and obviously next week. And I agree 100% with Guy saying that, what is it leaving? Is it 12.7 mil? Is that how much he is? Yeah, $12.7 million on your bench for a week. When we when we get to automatic free transfers, why not bring in somebody else? Why not bring in a Dos Santos or, you know, um, a Sapong if you don't have him, which you should – uh, but yeah, I, I, that's a conundrum that I'm in this week is do I drop Geo, and if so, for whom? Yeah, um, I kind of agree with these guys. At the same time, I think I'll go into what I think is responsible for this drop-in form, and Guy is not going to like me very much for saying it, but the statistics are on my side. Do you have any clue? Here's a guess. You know what's partially responsible? The if lack you say of that Josie Altador. I will he slap does. you through this Do computer. It. He Do does. Giovinco performed substantially worse without Josie Altador in the lineup. Now, I, I'm not going to turn this into a rant defending Josie Altador, even though the fact is that the statistics bear out that his teams have all been significantly better, literally every single one he's ever played on when he's been on the field than after he left. Yes, even Sunderland. Um, Giovinco has not done as well in terms of chances that he's had when Josie has been off the field. So there's that metric. And then you even look at the fantasy production this year, and it's been significantly higher for Giovinco once Josie returned. After Josie returned, he has never had a game where he scored less than eight fantasy points. In games without Josie, more than half of them have resulted in a score of four or lower. Boom. Bold words. You can drop Giovinco. I don't think you necessarily have to because he's still a brilliant special player who can do very, very well on any given week. But since he does have a bye next week and Josie's not playing, I think you'll be okay to drop him. You just know that you're always taking a risk because even without Josie, Gio can always explode for hella, hella points. So let's go a little bit further with that. Uh, but behind that statistic, are we looking at the space that Josie is able to make for Geo, either that being the holdup play that is always touted about why he is a value to the national team, or is it because he's a player who who people respect and have to cover and spread their resources between the two of them? I mean, to me, Josie, did you just call him a value to the national team? Josie, as well? oh my god, I said, that's that's, who are that's you? The, okay, okay, okay. That's okay. The value Ooh. that is always said about him to the national. I said team. I was not going to go I on this rant, but I'm going a, to. I did not call I'm, him a value. I'm going to go on this rant. Josie is a value to the national team. We score substantially more goals with him on the field. It's not even close. Um, and then look, here's what he does. He makes incredible runs. He's incredible on space. And he's a very, very, very good passer of the ball. He sets up teammates for chances, even when he his finishing can be mm, a little bit sus at times. Let's be real here. His passing and his movement is so great when it's on. When, it, when it's off, you know, he's just like any other forward, but that's how things are. When his passing and movement are on, which they generally have been this year, and they generally are most of the time, he creates a lot of space and passes very well, sets up his other teammates. The other people, their backups, they don't, they don't do that. Mr. Sanchez, your 30 seconds. 
I don't know. I think people like to watch a car crash. So when he's on the field, I think he kind of has a little bit of that glitter effect where he just makes people look at him. Maybe that opens up some space for other people. But I, I think you're giving him way too much credit. Oh, man, this is just... I have no words. I have no words. I, I, I can't... I mean, I can't defend articulately my point right now because I, I just, deep in my soul, I know he is not the right player for our league, the national team. I mean, maybe USL could use him. NASL maybe might be a better spot, but I hear, I hear Detroit is a is a real club that's looking for people. Um, I don't know. Tune, tune in next week to Sporting Sanchez and and find out our married man's guide to sports. What what which one am I going with? forget i don't even know i can't even formulate a thought right now <laughs> well while you keep thinking about that let's let simon kick us off with your forward picks for this round uh cj sapong kyle laren and david via and bradley wright phillips i have four picks i think you would do really well with any of them um you take the ones that you have out of laren and bwp and you don't pick them up because they got to buy next week unless you really have extra transfers in which you pick up Laren because he's got a double and he's really good. Otherwise, Sapong has great matchups and no buy next week. Or not great matchups, but he's got no buy next week and he's got a double game week. That's what I mean by great matchups, which is great compared to single game week players. And David Villa because he's got a home game and I bet he'll have something to prove and you don't drop players on home games like Andrew says. Um... My two picks this week would be Dos Santos and uh, Sapong. The rest are kind of, you know, coin tosses for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Via, I like BWP and his spot, but really my two picks, if I'm going to go for uh, just a 2 4 formation, got to be Dos Santos and Pontius. You mean Sapong? And Sapong, yeah. My, I'm sorry. See, I, I'm off my game. We just had so much outdoor love on this thing that I. I I can't even I can't even hang, bro. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm gonna go with uh, Sapong, Laren, and Via. All right, and then let's wrap this up, guys. Who are your must-have players and your captain for this round? So my must-have players this week are Sapong, who is also my captain. I think Laren Kaka. And also, I feel that Barnetta is going to have a massive game for Philadelphia. Who's your captain? Sapong. Oh, Sapong. Yeah. Um, my must-have is CJ Sapong, and I don't think there's any other must-have this week. I think you could get away with just about anyone. I have no idea who I'm captaining yet, but probably Sapong. Lee. I don't know. Probably Sapong. No. My only real must-have is going to be uh, Dos Santos. He'll be my captain. I mean, yeah, I'll have Sapong, but I, I don't think. So, oh, that's what I was going to bring up now that I'm getting my, my breath back here. Um, <laughs> Second wind. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Philly is good. Um, they're in first place in the East, which is mind-blowing that right now, if, if this was the finals, we'd have – Philly versus Colorado. Um, but their road record is, I think, is like 1-3-1. and one. And Philly is playing a double away fixture this week. So I still think Sapong is a decent investment, but they don't win a lot on the road. So I am going to go exclusively Dos Santos. I think Gerard feeding Dos Santos without all the other distractions around him trying to get goals. I think it's going to be some major scoring in L.A. for the next few weeks. Excellent. Very excellent picks there, guys. And that wraps up our picks, unless you all have anything else you would like to mention before we move on to some community time. Nah. All right. Mm -mm. Good deal. So community time, all the fun stuff. So the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer of this round goes to Western Oliveria. I hope I did not butcher your name as poorly as I butcher some. Uh, he is the manager. Oh, of, <laughs> he is the manager of always Captain Javinko, and he got 123 points this round, which is awesome. The high score was 147. So, congrats, man! You did quite well. 
Did he really get 123 points if he captained Jovinko, you think, though? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I did not check to see. Let, let's look right now to see if he actually captained Jovinko because that, I, like so many others, did that as well, and that was the big turning point for me uh, with That's false advertising because there's no way he captained Jovinko and got 123 let's, points. Let's find out. You, you are being called out right now, Mr. Weston. Let's, let's go over here to our r slash fantasy MLS league. And fortunately, when I, uh, you know, every time I look at the league, I so wish that I could sort by highest score for the round because I have to sort through so many. But fortunately, he is on the first page. Always Captain Javinko. His captain was Javinko. So there you go. He My puts his God. money where his mouth is. He must have really picked some great, <laughs> great players in the back. He Ooh, had Zizo and Felipe and BWP, along with Bradley and Moore and Rosenberry, Piotti, Valeri, Gio, Irwin at the goal, and Via. So he did not go heavy with uh, New York or with any other team that did poorly. Well, it's safe to say that he's going to probably be toward the bottom tier on game week 13 unless he takes some negatives this week. That's true. That is That is very true. So now moving on to what I know – Many people across the pond find to be the most enjoyable part of our show. Or at least two guys. MLS Fantasy Insider head-to-head league update. So, first game was between myself and Fantasy Football 24-7. Uh, they beat me by 11 points, 82-71. to 71. Uh, I had a minus four, so I actually had 75, but had that factored in. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. My differentials did not come through, mostly because I loaded up on some I loaded up I got two New York players from New York City and they went with Bradley Wright Phillips so that made up the points right there congrats fellas I tip my hat to you as I did in the gif I sent you on Twitter so well played Uh, I hope that Travis does better against you next round Uh, Jason you had the next match um I do not tip my hat to you fantasy football 24 7 you guys still suck and I'm coming for you um, now, um, I got stomped by Mike. Uh, I had 44 points, and he had 100 because he wild-carded, and I took a negative 8. So if I didn't take a negative 8, I would have almost been there. I <laughs> still would have lost. Yeah, but only, but only by like like 40-something points. No, uh, you know, <laughs> cheers to Mike. Good job. Um, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. So good job, buddy. <sighs> See, but here's the thing. You led the podcast off saying that you got 52 points. I know. You're I, waiting for everybody to go ahead and just turn this part off. And you're like, yeah, but really it was 44. I forgot about the negative eight. What <laughs> about the negative eight? Guy, yeah, you had the next round. You and Travis, how'd that turn out? Yeah, I got the uh, – I beat him 89 to 58. So, I mean, I got to give Travis a pass. He's moving. Like, I guess Houston's um, going through an apocalypse right now where the floods and the, uh, you know, locusts are coming. So I'm sure fantasy football is not really high on his list right now, but um, still feels good to get a win. I think it's a curse. Uh, Travis and I are just having a a cursed year because this is by far our worst seasons ever. And so it's just it's just rough. It's a rough time. Uh, Next match between Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First and... uh, Older Goaler ended up being with uh, Ivan getting 98 and Older Goaler getting 55. So he stomped right there. Both of our Euro players still representing very well. Uh, Next was my buddy Steve versus Andrew. And my buddy Steve lost by about 40 points, exactly 40 points. But I will add that apparently, Jason, you scored fewer points than the taco this round. Yeah, I was the taco this week. Hey, (laughs) it's it's all good. It's all good. Then Simon, you had the final match, which was pretty close, actually. Yeah, I beat Ben Bayer, uh, one hundred six to ninety nine. I guess some of us call him Ben Bear, but Ben Bayer. Sorry, dude. My bad. Um, I'm very, very bad with names. Um, yeah, it's lit. I'm seven and three now. I'm only behind these British people. Fantasy football twenty four seven. I'm also British. I should say, just apparently not as much as them. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to catch up to them really eventually though, because I think I'm, they're only two wins ahead of me. And with that said, tight. We'll, they'll probably beat me when we play. We, we shall see. But next round in round 12, Simon is going to be taking on Andrew, which I hope is a pretty good match. We're going to have myself taking on Mike, that tiger. So Mike, I'm coming for you and uh, good luck, man. Travis is taking on fantasy football 24 seven. Perhaps this will be a good time for him to bust out of his slump. 
but we'll see. Ivan is taking on Jason, so you better represent man. Get your, get your Suck trash it, talk Ivan. up there. There it is. As, That's what I expect as out of Simon you. would say, you ain't going to be so terrible next week. Oh, uh, guy, you're taking on my buddy Steve, so enjoy the win. And then Ben is taking on older goalers. So those are the matchups next round, and we will see how that goes. And with hope, we'll get fantasy football 24-7 on here during the Copa America break and have some fun chats uh, just about how the season's going for them and uh, just the Euro perspective of everything. That being said, guys, do you have any plugs before we wrap it up here? Uh, yeah, I do write an article for fantasy football 24 seven. I don't run their team. I just write the article and then they use the information against us. Um, so it's partly my fault that I think they just pick opposite what I do. Um, but yeah, check that article out and, uh, it's good stuff. Um, I actually do have a plug for once too. I have to miss a few Sounders games coming up and I have some really dope, excellent, awesome season tickets on the West side of the stadium in the lower bowl and I would prefer to sell them to people who are actually Sounders fans and want to go cheer on the team and ideally who listen to our podcast or whatever. So if you want some cheap Sounders tickets for way under face value and you'll actually go and support the Sounders a couple times in July when I'll be out of town, holla at your boy. I got you hook up, hooked up. Yeah, I got your hook up. Anyway, let me know. They're very nice seats. And one of the easiest ways to reach Simon is on Twitter at, at Simon MLSFI. Yes, I was figuring that. You hit me on Twitter. <laughs> Otherwise, it might be kind of hard to holler at you unless they're really, really loud. Yeah, don't do it Jason. in real life. You got anything, Jason? No. Thank you. Nothing much. Well, I will give the usual plugs that I do. Please feel free to stop by MLSFantasyBoss.com to check out all of the articles that are going to be coming up from people like Jason. Uh, I'll have some charts coming up a little bit later tonight, I hope. You are also welcome to check out the MLS Fantasy Expert articles that are coming up. Travis and I and Skylar, who was on here a couple weeks ago, all right over there. I understand. I'm a giant flame fest recently. That's awesome. Go on there and tell me how much you hate my picks. As long as you're involved in the community, I'm happy. So please go on. It's a pendulum. Sometimes I'll get things right. Sometimes I'll get things wrong. I don't pick the title of the articles. So we have all that. But be sure, if you do nothing else, to head over to r slash fantasy MLS and get involved in that community. There is a lot of great talk, updates, and just fun people there. Definitely worth talking to before a round kicks off. So... That being said, everyone, good luck.